From Muhlenberg College, this is 2400 Chew. I'm your host, Shakita Griffin. In each episode of this podcast, I talk to one Muhlenberg graduate about their current work and the industry in which that work is done. For this episode, I spoke with Talene Tarpinian, class of 97, senior project manager at Windsor Group. As I do with most of these interviews, I began the conversation by asking how and when she became interested in her occupation. By accident, completely by accident. I was an English and political science major at Muhlenberg. Shortly after graduation, I moved to New York City and started what would have eventually become my my nine-year career in book publishing. And while I was working for Random House, I was also volunteering for this organization called Taproot. And what they do is they kind of pull together people that have specialties in the private sector and bring them on as teams to help nonprofit organizations. And it's all pro bono work. So one of the organizations I ended up working with was this after school program called the Harlem Educational Activities Fund. First time we met with the client going up the stairs and and the, the first thing you see when you walk into their offices is this wall filled with college acceptance letters. And it was just like completely overwhelming to me. Just so like, you know, it was like, these guys are like doing incredible work. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to do something that had like that direct impact where you could see like I've actually changed someone's life. Through the volunteering, I ended up deciding that I wanted to go back to grad school to get my master's in public administration. And my focus was on public policy and specifically health policy. And so I went back to grad school. I was doing that part-time. So working full-time, part-time grad school. My last year of grad school, however, I left, I was still with Random House. I left Random House and I took up an internship with then council member Bill de Blasio, who later became the mayor of New York City. And I ended up working for him for about three years. And this brings us to 2010. At that point, I lost my mother. And it's really hard to go through something personal like that and really that needs time for healing and mourning and just processing. You know, my, my mother, I would say, was the love of my life and my, my best friend. So it's really hard to maintain the, that pace of working and, and just the hustle while you have stuff like that to deal with. And so I made a decision to basically leave. New York and and go travel through India for about three months. And that's what I did. And then I came back from that trip, even more inspired to do good work. And I decided I wanted to go into international development work. So I moved to the, to the DC area to start job hunting and networking. Uh, I took up a part-time gig at an Apple retail store. It was literally just supposed to be like something to do while I was, you know, waiting for the next big thing to fall into my lap. And three years later, I did not get a job in international development work. I decided to move back home to the New York area. And at that time, I was like, okay, that's it. I'm done pursuing this. I'm going to go back to what I know. 
and my intent was to go back to book publishing. During one of these instances where I was coming into the city to like meet up with old friends and, and network, et cetera, I ran into an old friend who wanted to introduce me to a girl he had just met and claimed was going to be his wife. So I joined them for dinner. Turns out she had just moved to New York from New Orleans and was working for a small firm that had a contract with the governor's office of storm recovery. Um, this was the temporary agency that New York state had stood up after Superstorm Sandy. And they were looking to hire folks. So I thought, okay, I'll send you my resume. Two days later, I get a phone call from the owner of the Windsor Consult Group, which is where I am now. Mm -hmm. And the following week, I was offered a job. So. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's That's it's so story. important to hear those stories and realize that so often it's a nonlinear path, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, if I could be talking to my 22-year-old self now, I'd be like, relax. Yes. <laughs> And I, you know, when I was 22, everyone tells you that, but it just doesn't resonate because I think from a career standpoint, the, the unfortunate thing is that there's always all this pressure, A, to know what you want. And obviously we all want to be successful and thriving. And I think there's a lot of pressure to know what you want to be and perhaps an assumption that you only get one chance to make this big decision right. and then it's like you're locked in. And I, I would be happy to advocate and be an example for how it actually doesn't work that way. And yeah. if you're open and can relax a little bit, that things will come into your life that shape your experience and wisdom that you can bring to the next job, to the next team, to your next you know, employer, et cetera. And that it just makes you just more interesting. You know, I think along those lines, most students would not recognize your job title, right? Or recognize your firm and the work that you're doing. So just like you're saying, being able to put yourself in the situations and opportunity to network, to learn about different opportunities, have different experiences, all of that helped to lead you right to where you Absolutely. are today. And I will tell you, it's, it's almost like there was like some kind of subconscious thing happening because there are two very important variables that affect health. And so I'd mentioned, you know, in grad school, I focused on health policy and uh, the two critical factors that impact health outside of access to medical care, which is, I think, what people generally think of as health, right? It's like being able to go to the doctor, but there's all this other stuff that, that really needs to be locked in. And it's, one is like the maternal like literacy rate and stable housing. Mm. And I think it's just interesting that Unbeknownst to me, I kind of ended up in an environment where, where I am advocating for stable housing. And right. so it really does, I really, without sounding hokey and, you know, you really do end up exactly where you're meant to be. And you'll get there sooner if you're not stuck in the, of like the pressure of right. knowing and being and the status and all that, right? Like, Anyway, no, I, I definitely agree, you know, that being open to the possibilities, finding your actual passions and interests and being able to take that leap. It takes definitely a lot of bravery sometimes to pursue that path and, and go down the way of the unknown, but it can turn out really good in the end. Yep. 
also it was really hard for me because I come from a family that is in the medical field and for them that path is very linear right sure. it's like you get the degree the certification you 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 know what that world is and you know what you need to do in order to get there and so I was kind of like well I don't want to be a doctor I don't I'm not going in that field and so it was really hard for them to understand mm-hmm. that. And I also recognize I probably made it harder for myself. There are certain professions where it is very clear. Can you describe a typical day? Is there a typical day? You know, what does your work really look like on the day in and day out? I'm going to preface this with saying I hate working remotely. Okay. I hate Zoom calls. It's quite a challenge for me to have to interact that way and develop relationships that way and manage things that way. It's just really a challenge for me. Okay, that said, typically with these types of programs that I work on, we are the consultant and we are contracted by the client. Often it's a city or a state agency, generally a housing agency. In this case, the American Rescue Plan Act funding, every state has like a, there's an agency responsible for administering funds. So it's usually the Office of Management and Budget. So they basically have the funds and then it's distributed out to however the state is deciding to spend their funds. In this case, they've given the money to HCR Housing and Community Renewal is the, is the state agency here in New York. And so they've contracted out a nonprofit called Sustainable Neighborhoods to administer funding to the individual homeowners who need the assistance. Our job, or my job along with the team, is to ensure that the program criteria is being met. Applicants are in compliance with the regulations that have been established. So they are actually truly eligible. We have to verify things like home ownership, income, et cetera. And so we take it from that very beginning where they apply, we check documents, verify, then it goes through a whole bunch of other kind of verification, calculation, then payment, issue payment and close out the file. our team is there from all those phases through the end. And so for your, again, day-to-day, does that look like a lot of meetings? Are you meeting with the clients? Are you more coordinating with the team or the the city? All of the above. Yeah, a little bit of everything. Um, Yeah, so we technically have standing check-in meetings for which we prepare our report, you know, providing updates. And then there is a team that does all of the daily reporting. So we send out to the client, you know, just production numbers where we are today, how many files did we get through, how many people got paid, et cetera, um, or how many checks were issued to homeowners. We have policy calls to discuss any items, issues that have come up, anything that's holding up payment or holding up some something in the process that's not working. In the consulting role, I think we kind of take on the, we're here to support the client, be successful in this endeavor and also in anything they need that's preventing them from being successful in this endeavor. Because on the other end, they meet weekly with the governor's office to provide their updates. Mm -hmm. And so we're really behind the scenes, making sure that they are 
successful. You know, especially thinking to a student audience or someone not familiar, you mentioned a lot of relationship building skills, you know, being required. So can you just talk through, especially that soft skills side of your role? How are you managing that? I will tell you, like all those like, you know, all those like summer jobs in retail, believe it or not, it helps so much. I mean, I even I worked in the student union office like at Muhlenberg was, you know, doing work study. And there you are at the front desk. You're dealing with students and people coming in, visitors to the college, whatever. Any kind of exposure where you are, I'll say forced, but I mean that in a good way, where where you have to interact with all sorts of people coming from all sorts of places, right? All walks of life, et cetera, I think will really give you an advantage when you walk into an office setting to be able to read a room, to be able to understand where someone else is coming from. I think I bring up the retail because really it's a, I'm coming from a customer service Mm -hmm. like aspect of that. And so in the consulting world, like you're always thinking about the client and how to, you're serving them, but having the sensibility of a lot of the training that I had at Apple working at, at the store was, it's actually really phenomenal how they do it, but there's like four different things you're supposed to do when a customer, you know, walks through the door. But one of it was like, be able to align with them and make them feel like you understand what they're saying, what their concerns are, and then execute what you need mm-hmm. to so that you've done your job. And that's really translated for me to like my bosses, my colleagues, right? To be able to align with the need. Like, what is someone saying? Why are they saying that the way they're they're saying that? What are they really asking for? And how can I help? Those soft skills are not to be underestimated and being able to relate to people, communication, also critical. And so you mentioned the way that the pandemic has changed the way that you work. So Could you give me a little bit of a breakdown or comparison of what did it look like pre-COVID? And now it sounds like things are a lot more virtual. And do you foresee it staying that way or having more of a mix? I think it's going to be a mix for sure. And really probably at the employee's um, discretion wants, right? Yeah. Before the pandemic, there are certain things that, you would take for granted, which I think is the chemistry that is built by people being in the same space or just the casual interactions you can have. It's really hard to kind of emulate that through like a two-dimensional screen where, you know, it's like every interaction is purposeful, right? So when you're doing your Zoom calls, it's like you're having a meeting and you're having a discussion about this thing. And there's very, very little room for some of that spontaneous action that you can build, which I think happens more authentically or organically in person. Unless maybe there's there's tricks that I don't know about on how to do it through Zoom, but I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree um, that there's sometimes that that's something lost. I had a coworker who whenever we were randomly, you know, in the kitchen at the same time, that's when we talk about baking bread or, you know, right, the hobbies, just the the social aspects. So I do agree that Zooms end up being far more intentional and, you know, getting to the point. Again, because of that kind of limitation, I think it's hard to 
I'm having a hard time feeling like I'm really sinking my teeth into something and I'm really like, you know, working through something, it just doesn't satisfy me at all at home today. But I, I do go into the office, mm-hmm. though I am one of four people. Most people have not returned. <laughs> But I'm like, I, I, I'm excited about the commute. I love getting on the subway and I, you know, it's like, I feel like I'm the minority. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of people love it. They love having, being able to work from home. Oh yeah. And I do think that flexibility, as you said, being able to do what's working for you and your schedule and where you're at in the moment is something that employees really appreciate. Talking a little bit more about your role, what would you say are the most challenging and most rewarding aspects, especially as in the beginning of the conversation you mentioned wanting to be able to have that direct impact with your work? Have you found that in this role? Definitely. We have a a call center that we manage and, you know, hear all the time about how applicants, homeowners are, are doing and the calls that come through and they're so excited because, you know, we were able to issue funds and bring them back whole and they're not going to lose their home. You know, that kind of thing just is a daily reminder that what we're doing is working and feels good. And then what are the challenges within your role? I'll come back to, you know, as a consultant, your, your role is to really support and help the client. Sometimes I can, I can see areas of opportunity or things that I think they should do differently or could do differently, but unless asked, it is not in my place to kind of impose that, right? So the challenge is in the messaging and how to articulate and communicate around issues. And in a way, it's so that they think it was their idea, right? It's like that kind of situation. Again, that relationship management, again, it sounds like it boils down to you know, how are you expressing ideas, communicating with them, but while staying within your lane as the consultant, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I would imagine that can be a tricky balance to find Very at times. Tricky. Yeah. Yes. And so is that an aspect of consulting that you enjoy? The fact that you switch from project to project and sort of, right, working with these different state agencies? I do. Because it allows for change, and I, I like that. I like doing different things or even just working with different different people. Any opportunity to try something new or do something new, like I am the first to sign up. So I like the kind of work for that reason. But also that with each experience, you are able to bring something even more to the table for the next project, for the next client, right? So I think it works well. And so to wrap up, I'd love to know what guidance or advice would you give to someone who's interested in consulting and interested in the type of work that you do? I guess we could say general consulting and specifically working in the public sector. So your client would be government agencies for folks that are interested in, you know, getting into that kind of field. I can't say enough about internship and your network. You know, people really talk about networking a lot, you'd be surprised how many people you know who could help you make introductions when you really think about it. And I think we often underestimate our own like personal networks, right? Family, friends, and obviously what the college is able to offer through the career center, et cetera. Piece of advice, 
what what is my piece of advice? I would say don't be turned off by taking on menial tasks or some of the more administrative tasks. Because the most important thing is for you to get that foot in the door and be able to build the relationship with your bosses, with your colleagues, and really be able to show them who you are and what you can do, which I think can only happen when you're a part of a team. You know, of course, the interview process and your resume and et cetera, but your true value and your worth will, will show once you're like part of that team. However way you become part of that team, take it and show them who you are. This episode of 2400 Chew was produced by the Office of Alumni Affairs at Muhlenberg College. It was recorded remotely and engineered in the studios of WMUH Allentown, Pennsylvania. Our opening and closing music from Cowboy Bebop is performed by the Muhlenberg College Jazz Big Band.